you protect what you love. Hunting is a life, not a lifestyle, it's a life. This is Hunters to show people how great of a job we're doing for conservation, providing for ourselves all the things you and I understand. I think you kind of owe it to the animal that you're hunting to be as prepared as possible. You know, as I get older, I appreciate the laughs and the time and the experience. <laughs> right? Oh, well, we'll wait. We wanted to be sure of all the, the podcasts that we scheduled out over the weekend. I want to be sure to get this one in just because, um, Kevin, I want to introduce you. I've got Kevin Matthews and Troy with us today. And uh, everyone, one of the most – or I, I thought, you know, everyone when they think about turkey hunting, one of the aspects everyone loves about it is the calling aspect because that does make it fun. And people are always seem to be so intrigued with mouth calling. And, and how to make it work and I, I don't know but that's it, we get you know Troy you've seen mm-hmm. it how many how many questions inboxes emails on our Facebook and Instagram and all that uh, YouTube comments do we get about mouth calls just all the time and uh, I think it's it's mainly because it's so in, like you said it's intriguing but it's one of those calls that you can't see at work right you, you can see a sleigh call work you can see a box call work you can see all the friction calls work but you can't look at a mouth call and watch it work yeah it's a musical instrument it's it's not a I don't consider it a call. It's it's a musical instrument. It's a reeded instrument that you have to learn how to play and learn how to control the airflow. It's no different than a duck call and a goose call. Same thing, yeah. really. So before we get just straight into the meat of it, I would kind of talk a little bit, y'all too, because that's why I want to make sure both y'all in here, because I know y'all have a y'all have a long history with each other, mm-hmm. and just kind of where you know y'all too and Kevin's history with Primos and his background with mouth calling and building calls and all that and how we got to be here because i don't think yeah i mean as far as information on building mouth calls and explaining how to use them between y'all two i don't think i could find a better pair to do that so kevin kind of how a little bit background on you and how you got and got here and 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 all that well it was interesting how i even got into turkey hunting i'd never turkey hunted until i was a freshman in college and um friend there in Elba, uh, Dean Smith, he took me uh, turkey hunting for the first time in April of 91. And Elba, explain to everybody where Elba is. It's lower Alabama, about 75 miles south of Montgomery, uh, there on Highway 84. And um, That's good enough. Don't let them get any closer. <laughs> that's right. That's right. A little <laughs> Texas, as you like to call it. Uh, we have been blessed with a lot of turkeys down there, no doubt. Nice to grow up in an area like that, but but Dean took me hunting for the first time. He said, I want to get you in this turkey hunting. And he'd already killed his limit, so he wanted to take somebody else. So now he, it was a real reason. You he know, was trying to find a way to go. That's yeah. right. He's trying to find a way to go. Well, anyway, <laughs> the first time we went, there was six gobblers still banged up together in April. I couldn't believe it. But they still were grouped up. Still grouped up in April. And yeah. um, they got in, you know, within range. And um, uh, he said, uh, he said, let them separate. And I did, you know, and shot one of them. So killed one the first time I ever went turkey hunting. So wow. that pretty much set a fire then. And. <laughs> You know, and, and um, back then, um, uh, Penn's Woods was a – he used a Penn's Woods call and an Eddie Salter call, and that's kind of where yeah. I got started using some of those. Uh, yeah. He was a single reed guy, you know, so I'd done that. And, of course, from, from that point on, I just got – like a lot of people, you just get that bug. You know, it's a it's an addiction, and uh, it's worse yeah. than a drug. You know oh that. And, and got it's obsessed with – you got to have before you start being a turkey hunter. Two most important things. You got to have a good job and a good wife because you're probably going to lose both of them. That's right. That's right. And uh, I just got infatuated with it and spent a lot of time, um, you know, 
with a mouth call and, and buying different brands. And actually, you know, at that time, Preston Pittman had come out with the Black Diamond. You remember yeah, the old Black yeah. Diamond with the green rubber that everybody loves. Yeah. And got a hold of some of those and started, you know, using those. And, and luckily, um, I was a student at Auburn University, and I started co-op. And my first co-op job was uh, in Mississippi, and it was within 20 minutes of Preston's shop. And some of the guys heard me yep on a mouth call, and they knew Preston personally, so they got me in touch with him. And I started working with Preston in the afternoons after I'd get off from my co-op job. I'd go oh, by cool. his shop and work a couple of hours in the afternoon for, yeah. for him, you know. And and uh, I was just like a sponge because I just had Preston and all those guys that were his friends in the shop all the time, and you just you just learn an awful yeah. lot. And, um, you know, got to, got to know a guy named Larry Norton who just won the world a couple of right, times yeah. and over in Pennington that got it at Bent Creek. And Larry really encouraged me to start – he said, "You've got a talent with those mouth calls, and you need to you need to pursue that." And uh, I just, you know, made an investment. And at that time, the mouth call presses were were not as easy to get a hold of. You know, there yeah. wasn't a Thad Bright there to build them for you. And right. I, I got one made, and and um, actually got an old tape cutter from Eddie Salter. So that's <laughs> that's the one I got started with, yeah. and uh, and just started building mouth calls. And um, being an engineer by trade, I like to measure everything and be able to right. duplicate it. So. You know, I would. I'm a meticulous engineer. Oh, well, <laughs> yeah. you gotta be. Oh, I, yeah. You gotta I, I be. Get it. And I just started, you know, because if I if I got something that I really liked, I wanted to be able to reproduce it. Yeah. So I would measure everything out, and um, then spring of '95, I guess it was, is when Troy and I first met, and uh, in February, in, in February, he and Preston came over for a, for a turkey hunt over there in, in Alabama later yeah. on in the spring, and. We, we killed three turkeys on video for, for Preston, and Troy and I just became friends, and it's just been a relationship that's, that's really yeah. grown. And when he was working with Mossy Oak, I would go over in the spring and, you know, build calls for those guys right. and, and stuff. And it's kind of neat because I could tell where Troy was hunting at because everywhere he would go, they would call me about a week later <laughs> wanting to buy a mouth call. So, you know, and, and um, so I knew exactly where Troy was hunting, whether I talked to him or not. And um, – but that's how I got started, and and then when Troy rolled over to Primos, um, right. you know, met Will, and at that yeah. time they 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 knew they needed to make some changes with the mouth calls, and yeah, and and had a chance to to come on board with you guys and and, and help out, and it's just grown from there. You know, it's yeah. just a good relationship, and you know, got to you know know guys like you and Jordan and yeah. hunt with guys like that, and you know, I just enjoy the sport, and and it's all about giving back. You know, absolutely. You know, the states are selling a lot less hunting licenses every year, and right. we got to get these kids involved. Yeah. And, and it, we've got to teach these kids, and um, so it's that's that's what you know. That's just how I got involved in it, and yeah. uh, and I've loved it ever since. You know, I'm a chapter president in our year for the NWTF. Yeah. Just just have a love for the sport, and yeah. know, Troy and I share a common theme. We we've been blessed with the talent. I don't say that. I say that very humbly. You know, oh, yeah. we, we've been yeah. blessed with the talent, and um, just try to help as many people as we yeah. can because I want everybody to be successful turkey hunting, you know. And, yeah. And, and a mouth yeah. calling, like Troy said, it's a challenge for people. You know, a friction call and stuff, you kind of see what, what you're doing. Right. But a mouth call, there's just a lot of, lot of mechanics to yeah. it. And, and uh, you know, some of these kids are actually easier to teach than some of the adults yeah. because they hadn't got all yeah, these bad they habits, you know. built up so, bad habits. Exactly, exactly. And one thing we do a little different is Troy and I, you know, I know we make single reads and we make double reads, but – you know, most time we're yipping on that triple recall. That's yeah. that's our go-to call. Um, and and I've had good luck teaching even the kids and people that never used a call, teaching them how to start off on a three read. You know, because read. they can get a little rasp in it. It's not yeah. just a clean, clear sound. Yeah. They can get some rasp in it, like a turkey. You know, and and uh, so I actually 
you know, I don't have what I would call a contest call or a hunting call, you know, um, I just try to make a call that sounds like a turkey, you know, right. yeah. and, and, yeah. I, and, and make it easy to blow because, you know, when we're running and gunning in the turkey woods, sometimes we have to get after them and you may be out of breath a little bit by the time you climb that hill or whatever across that yeah. creek and, and also you want to uh you want to you want to be able to blow something that doesn't take a lot of air so we've just worked really hard at, at getting calls that are easy to blow yeah. and sounds like a turkey you know i mean pretty much every call that primo's had every mouth call on the shelf these days is is based off of of you and the ones you've built and correct am i correct on that no you're, you're right some of some of the older calls except for the, like the, the, old, the original series calls that line of calls is is the stuff that wilbur had started with from the very beginning and has been tweaked to a point um but all the new stuff we started with the signature series calls way back when and that was right. that was all of kevin's doings and um went in there and built the call and that's the thing a lot of people you know those calls were built for individual people by the way the individual those individual people sound and blow that call and and to build a call kevin's thing is is kevin loves to build a call that he knows he can yelp on easy and that anybody else is going to be able to yelp on easy and, right. and, and again teaching other people how to do it you know this here at the nwtf convention myself lake and jordan and we'll probably have kevin come with us today we've been doing seminars and we've been doing them for kids and we're doing them in the kids' village, and Wilbur and Jimmy and Brad's been doing some seminars out uh, in the other spots for a lot of the, the older crowd. But I can't tell you how many times I've had a couple of guys come up here. It's been about four people so far come up and say they've learned so much from what we were teaching the kids because the way we were doing it, we were teaching them the beginning, yeah. the, the, the easy parts of, of how to use a mouth call. And, you know, again, a mouth calls a musical instrument. It's a reeded instrument that you, you have to learn, yeah. and it's amazing once somebody gets it, and once they get that first note and realize where the call has to be and what they have to do, it, the sky's the limit after that, and it's it's all about bad habits, and that's in anything we do. I, I think that's why people get so intrigued with mouth calls mm -hmm. is because it's not only it's it's maybe a challenge at first, but once you get good, it's like there's so many levels to oh, yeah. it. You yeah. can just keep getting better, and then once you get better, it's learning how – to get more finesse into it it's, and learn application in the woods. and It's, it's just incredible just, at how much it's changed from when Kevin and I started turkey hunting. I started turkey hunting in the, the mid-'80s. Kevin started in the very early 90s, late-'80s, early-'90s. And night The materials are just so oh, much. Yeah. I mean, they're just so – the latexes are so much more consistent, you know, right. uh, more durable, things like that. The prophylactic these days is better. But you, you, listen, at, you listen at how these competition guys are calling, and, and even guys in the woods and guys that have never used mouth calls. The other night we were walking back from, from the event here, and, and I saw Don Ship sitting with a couple of friends from the industry. And he spends – he comes here, and that's all he does. He's here working with a friend of his from Missouri, but he goes and sits in those calling contests because that's what Don Ship used to do. I mean, that was – when I was working at Moss Elk back in the day and we had the world calling contest. Well, you and I used to judge exactly. it. We, we've and judged Don, Don on many occasions. You, you had know? Don Ship, Steve Stoltz, Terry – I mean, Mark Drury. Oh, Chris gosh, Kirby. Chris I mean, Kirby, Chris Kirby, Dick Parrish, Kirby. You Walter had all Parrish. those guys, Walter Parrott. And to listen to them call back in those days – and to listen to how these guys are calling now, I asked Don, I said, I said, if you had to get on that stage right now, and Don was good. Don was the man back then. Oh, I remember, 97, record. 98 time frame, he was as good as they And I said, I said, could you hold a candle to any of those guys up there? And Don said, and never batted an eye, never once took ego and put into the, to the play of, of answering that question. He said, there's no way. He said, I couldn't even get close to yelping like those guys yelped. 
And I said, well, what do you think it is, Don? He said, man, he says, it's just technology. He says, technology and, and the understanding of how these calls work. He said, think back, Troy, when we used to call it. Somebody, think back when we started the shipwreck call, when they were building that call for Don. You would look at the cuts in that call and go, oh, my gosh, if I put those cuts in my call, I'm going to ruin my call. Because you're cutting, I mean, it, the, the shipwreck was incredible. It was like three different cuts. And we were scared to death to make that many cuts in a turkey call back then. But now, man, they're making cuts and separating reeds. And you you know better than I, staggering reeds and trying different things. And it's to the point now where the equipment's readily available and everybody can get a hold of it. So a lot of people are trying different things. But still, the fact of the matter is to watch Kevin build a call. And I've always said this from the very beginning. Kevin, Kevin has a, a, a book and a list of of specs for every call that right. he has ever built in the last 25 years every call mm -hmm. um, he's got one that that's called the Bob Dixon since we were talking about Will Dixon earlier yeah. it's Bob Dixon had a unique call that he blew when he was still on this earth with us and he got with Kevin and he showed Kevin that call and Kevin built that call and he wrote it on his specs the Bob Dixon call and he still got those specs today so right. Kevin keeps up with all that stuff yeah. and and it helps him to, to, to really grow into what he's doing now and building calls that everybody in the turkey hunting world can use that's just to me it's incredible yeah. to be able to do that uh, yeah, obviously and obviously i mean because look at the quality like you're saying look at the quality oh, of it now and, and i think you being that meticulous with it is what made them that way or a big factor in it at least well i met a guy from georgia that owned a parts house and and he put his daughter through college building competition turkey calls wow. i met him in birmingham one year and he yeah. said i'm getting out of the business and he um you know, there was a couple of things that he showed me, and one of the things he used, he, he used a micrometer, and he measured everything. Yeah. And I, I picked up on that, you know, being an engineer and that technical mind, I was like, you know, this is making sense. So, you know, I was blessed to, to, to be around, you know, a guy named Willie Miley that worked for Preston that built all of his black mm -hmm. diamonds. I mean, Willie. Do you remember Oh my gosh, how he we was, built those calls? I remember because I built the jigs that we'd done it. You, you know? remember the stretching boards? Yes, I remember the stretching They board. were made out of wood, and, and each piece of wood was a certain width. And you, you opened up the stretch board, and you put this piece of water in, and you let it go. It was spring-loaded. Oh, yeah. For real. You put sheet latex. You put a 14-inch strip, clamp it. and Ten, then, ten, ten frames mm -hmm. in a stretch. Yep. And five stretches at a time. And, and it had a spring under the board. And all you did was open up the board. You dropped a piece of water in, and you shut the board. You put the frames in there, and you shut them, and you started and cutting off. that set the tension. My, my, Compared to what we do now. My knowledge on how to build mouth calls is minimal. But I even know that's that's almost like a night and day different process well, today, compared to how we do it now. the presses that we have, you know, and the crown, you know, the crown frames, it just yeah. holds tension. The older calls, you know, you had to you had a flat frame, of course. Right. You put your sheets in there, you bend the the, the you know the aluminum frame over, it, and you had to tap it with a tap, and then bend it over, and yeah. you you wouldn't cut the latex is even with the frame and then put the tape on it and you kind of relied on the taps and the right. the tab pressure and the tape to hold it in place so 40 or 50 calls at a time you sitting there going tick 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 yeah. tick tick on each frame with no and way you couldn't hit it hard too hard because you'd been warped the frame right. so it was a meticulous art yeah. and uh, but what would happen is you know back long years ago you would you would run a call and you'd get about halfway through the season and then it'd wrinkle up down right. in the very you know base of the call yeah. the concave of the frame and you know, you just don't see that now because these frames now are, are, are crown frame. A lot of them have adhesive. So the way those presses press those calls, it just holds yeah. the exact tension on, across the whole, yeah. you know, circumference of the, of the call. And 
it's just it's just amazing. They just hold up, you know. And if people when they use them, if they'll just wash them off, you know, dry them off a little bit, just let them sit there and dry off, and then, you know, put them in a in a call case. And you know, there's many manufacturers. I mean, we've got them. Mm. The one of the ones I've used is the no lose call case for years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with a little string, little leather pouch with yeah. the holes. I put mine in in one of those, or it dries out in that. Call it dries case out in there because it can it can get air, you know, um, and and it just dries out. And I just keep it in the butter section of the refrigerator. Yeah, you know, that's so kind of my I little. Do, I do the that's same my little thing. section, you know, and yeah. and and, uh, and and you know, this all stems if you think about it, and if you look at the history of it, and you look at history itself, the turkey mouth call stems from the calls that the Indians used to make with yeah. two sticks and a leaf. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and I, I don't know the true guy's name or who did it, but I mean, way back when when Wilbur started, and even before Wilbur, Neil Cost and all these other guys, and you got um. Mr. Tom Kelly and all those guys that were in that in yeah. that realm, frames were made out of lead. They were make they were pounded the frames out. Lead they take frame. lead lead and pound it out flat, and then cut cut the frames out and make lead frames. A lot oh, of people you would put when the call got loose, you just bend the frame up, tighten the call back up, and crimp mm-hmm. it back on and use it. I mean, we've come a long way. But here's one thing: while we're talking about this, that, that I want to say. You know, you've got a lot of radio personalities because they have a great voice. Right. You know, I don't have a radio voice, but a lot of you people You got a radio do. face. <laughs> well, I'm not going to talk I, about I had, your face. I had to get that in there. But you take guys that are radio personalities, they're there because they have a, a great voice. Right. You know, everybody's voice is a cha- is is different. Every turkey's voice is different. And I don't I want to encourage people just because you can't call or make the sounds that sound like a Matt Van Sys or a Billy Yargis or, you know, Dave Owens won it this weekend, right. you know, things like that, or Jesse Martin, you know, those guys, just because you can't sound like that, don't get discouraged. Don't mean – that doesn't mean that you can't kill a turkey. That doesn't mean that you can't call effectively because some of the worst calls <laughs> that we've heard in the woods, you say, who is that coming with right. that box call? And look up, and here's a hen walking up yeah. just squawking. With a but, big gobbler behind Yeah, but my, right my behind. point being, everybody's voice is different. Yeah. And, and my voice is not like this this radio personality. So think about the Grand National Calling Champion as the radio personality. Right. And and I don't have that voice. Sometimes you're not going to have the capability of sounding like that. And and, and Denny Govis has been in this business a long time. I know you've heard of Denny. He used yeah. to judge here. Absolutely. Got some of the best videos of live hen footage I've ever seen. And yeah. I've got his DVDs and, and all but Denny, Denny sent, told me one time the same thing, and I had a guy tell me this yesterday, too. It was ironic. He said, you've got to find that hen sound that, that you can actually make. Mm-hmm. And and that's what you've got and, to make. And, and perfect and that, perfect and perfect that hen. on your end. Don't that, try to blow like somebody that's else. That's right. That's your, so what I, what I encourage people to do all the time, and, and not taking anything away from these contest guys, because they're awesome. Yeah. They're, they're in a league of their own. They're, they're great. But – Listen to a lot of live right. hens. I mean, you know, we've got stuff on our our YouTube channel. There's there's live hen footage out there everywhere. Right. I keep some on my phone. Yeah, that I have little clips on my phone that I save in a little yeah. file to go back and listen to every spring. I mean, yeah. you know, all the time. So find those hens and get those sounds that you like. Listen to the hens in the area that you that you turkey hunt. Yeah. You remember that hen we had at, mm-hmm. at the Brunson farm, you know, mm-hmm. when Matt that morning come up about six yards and called for 30 minutes in uh-huh. front of us. That's and the best teacher. She couldn't find us and flew up in the tree and it, got to go and she went crazy. It went crazy. But I, I got that footage and I said, okay, I want to try to build a call. I want to try to sound yeah. more like these hens 
in the area that I'm hunting primarily, yeah. you know. Yeah. But but find those hens and listen to those hens and get their cadences, the rhythms, the cadences. That's the most important thing because mm-hmm. everyone's going to sound different. But yeah. listen to what turkey's doing. And, you know, we've been a part of this. We love to call. We love to cut at turkeys. But, you know, there's a lot of pressure on these days. And I tell yeah. you what, guys, you've heard me say it a hundred times, a little soft plain yelps and clucks and purrs. And kill them. That's what makes them ride in the back of these trucks, yeah. you know. And yeah. To to point uh, the to remark on what you're saying about the live hen footage, the first time it was actually from. I mean, this is when I was younger, getting into it, and it was. I got it. I don't remember if it was on a Primo's video or a Master in Art or something, but they said the same thing about listening to the live hen footage, mm-hmm. and uh, that's what I went and did. And we didn't have, like I said, this was young. There was I had internet, but it was before YouTube and all that. Mm-hmm. But I found some live hen uh, audio on the NWTF website is where they had it. And that is the most I ever – that's the first time I went, you know what? Because when you're listening to, like, call demos or whatever, you, you think – or in my, my young mind, and you, you heard a hen yelp, you always heard, yow, 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 yow. Just then. So that's the first time I learned, you that know. That three no, to five note yeah, yelp, you know. Yeah, and then you, I was like, you know what? I was like, oh, they don't do that every time. Mm-mm. You know, they'll they'll yelp one time. They'll yelp twice. They'll, you know, they'll If yelp. they're walking, it's just – Yeah. And that, you know, that, stuff like that just – yeah, so listening to that live hen audio is the that's the most that was like the biggest first big turning point I had in trying to put more realism in my calling with just cadence and actual like the rhythm a live turkey would do it. When it really hit me was when Mike Batty come up with that the DVD Spitting Feathers years ago. You know, yeah. I let a friend of mine borrow it years ago and he lost it. And, you know, and, and <laughs> you can't find another. But you know, then you got a guy like Brad Taylor that's up here that judges a lot. Man, the treetop turkeys and some of the stuff he's got is unreal. And he's got one now that talks about for competition callers. And it and it takes all the major calls that are required up here at the NWTF for the contest. And he's actually got like a plain yelp, and he has ten different hens that do a plain yelp. Yeah. You know, so you hear ten different hens do a, a, a different plain yelp. You hear ten different hens doing clucking and purring. You hear right. tree yelps, cutting, cackling, all that. So – it, just by listening to those DVDs, you you figure out real quick. Boy, I tell you, they they've got a, yeah. they, their sound is just they have so yeah. much variation. Well, you know, the fact the fact of the matter is 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 our ear as a human ear is not trained or is not precise enough to pick up. Let's say you got ten hens standing out there doing different calls. Yeah, we can't tell the difference in all ten of those hens, but that gobbler knows them. Yeah, he lives with them all the time, and. It's that one little different sound that you might make that you think is not as good as this guy, that guy, or even this other turkey, but that one little extra sound. Because how many times have you been sitting there with a buddy hunting? And I know this happens with me and you, Lake, and Jordan, Will, and everybody all the time because we hunt together. Right. So a lot of times you'll be sitting there yelping, nothing's happened, and somebody, one of us running the camera, just yelp behind me, and turkey will just gobble right at it. And you're like, and next thing you do is, hey, you keep calling. I got the gun. I'll shoot them. That's right. It's that different note, that different cadence, yeah. that different rhythm, that mm-hmm. different whatever it is that that turkey's thinking, wow, that's a new girl on the block. Right. That's a new girl there. And to be able to, we talk about this in the seminars, as, as turkey hunters, a lot of guys don't understand it, but we're trying to make that gobbler do something he ain't supposed to do. That's right. And that's yeah. come to us. Right. That's right. And, and to be able to do that, you've got to make him believe that something's going on over there and there's a party that he's missing on. And being a little bit different, can be the big difference. Well, one of the best calls in the woods is, is something that I can't I can't mimic with a mouth call and scratching in the leaves. How many turkeys yeah. have we? How many turkeys have we closed the deal on yeah. and just mm-hmm. calm down scratching in the leaves and 
and especially with you know what we do with the video cameras i mean you know it's it's different when you got yeah. you got two guys there and then a camera guy behind him you know that's a that's a lot to hide and you gotta you gotta do what you gotta do yeah. to get the job done and we've done that a lot of times you For know sure. sometimes that's the that's the better call yeah and, ain't no doubt and and you know but you need to pay attention to turkeys because they've got a certain rhythm that they scratch yeah and, and that rhythm is just as important as the calling rhythm you Absolutely. know for their yelps and cuts and stuff like that but you know there's no substitute for a live hen she's the best teacher in the woods mm-hmm. and and but the thing that troy and i really try to get you know a hen has got a true double note they got a front and a back end yeah and doubt. and most callers only have the back end of the yelp it's mm-hmm. kind of flat and raspy will it kill a turkey all day long but you know we as turkey hunters you know me i'm you know as troy says i'm a perfectionist but I, I try to strive to yeah. to get it as close as i can but you want to get that front end note on the call. You know, every hen you hear, no matter how raspy she is, she's got that that yeah. ring through the front end, and that's the part of the call that you really you want to you want to teach people. Okay, you got to you got to change the way you do it, the way you yelp. Mm-hmm. Think about the mechanics, because a call I can give Troy, if he's calling a certain way, I can give him another call. And he might call a little bit better on it, but it's basically going to be about the same. So right. you know, calls are great. But a lot of it is mechanics. You yeah. need to focus on how to blow the call. But the thing you want to do is get that double note in a yelp. Yeah. You know, the yelps, we talk about that more than anything because that's mostly what the turkeys yeah, do in the that's spring. The more part, yeah, yeah, that's the one they're going to do. That's where they get the job done. For sure. So you want to get that front end in there to get yeah. that high and then get that double note. Sound more like a, a you know, yeah. a walking, breathing live yeah, hen, you know. Absolutely. And, um, you know, teaching people to blow from the diaphragm instead of blowing, you know, from their throat past right. and all yeah. that, that yeah. makes all the difference in the world. It's amazing how when you start learning how to blow from the diaphragm that it just, it cleans up the call. Yeah. And it makes a difference. One uh, one question for sure that I want to ask that I want both of y'all to, to key in on, um, just because this is one, out of all the mouth call questions, this is probably one that get, we get the most. And it's usually from someone that, you know, maybe they're, Maybe they have – most of the time it's people that are new to it trying to figure it out, but it's also sometimes there's someone like, I'm just trying to get better. I'm trying to – and the question is is always like, what what cut should I use? What style cut should I use? And that's – I mean, and I know what I say to them, but I want to hear what y'all would say to them. Well, it's a lot – you know, I know we're going to get into a little more detail with this question, but everybody blows differently, like – you know, the guys, a lot of guys that use a ghost cut call, you know, that's got the tear out in the center. Right. Those guys are blowing their air straight out the center of their mouth, you know, right over that cut because it's that it's the it's the part of the second the second and third read for a three read, you know, that right. this that's open that's this doesn't have a cut in it. So it's easier to get a clean sound. So they're blowing that air across there to get that front end. Right. And then once they drop their jaw and start, you know, moving into the yelp, then the top read kicks in and they get the rasp, okay? Yeah. Troy and I, we've been doing this for years. We've been a back cut guy. I yeah. mean, I know you like the back the cuts. I mean, it's yeah. the same thing. Um, that's my go-to call day in, day out for, for 20 years. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it is the back cut and the combo cut, those two calls. See, and I can't I can't blow a combo cut. I've in the past few years, and I was, and that's why I wanted you know y'all. See, and to I'm not good on a ghost cut. Can I blow it? Yes, yeah. but but I'm not as good on it because I don't blow the air through the center of my mouth. I'm I blow a little off center to the right, right. or you know whatever. Yeah. So that back cut, of course, has got the the wing yeah. cut off of it on that side, and it you know yeah. I get that front end and then get the rasp. Right. Well, I say it, and I I my mouth calling, and I, I don't say this um, 
you know, arrogantly at all. This is just because I've been – Troy's been helping me. My mouth calling has gotten way better in the past few years because Troy's – You're incredible. Because Troy's been helping me a lot. But when sometimes, you know, my buddies be around me, they hear me calling, they're asking, I'm like, and I'm like, man, I'm telling you, if I get – it's all, you know, it's always on a back cut. That's what I always call best with. Right. If you give me a ghost cut, a combo cut, something else, I'm not going to sound like that. It's, it's all about that, – that's just what – that cut is what I blow best. And that's what well, I try that's to show right. people. And, and everybody's palate's shaped different. Exactly. Your teeth are shaped different. The call may sit crooked a little bit off to the left, a little bit off to the right, a little bit further back, a little bit further front. It really depends on the person. And it just takes time and it takes practice. And when you find what works for you, that's what you stick with. You know, when, when we started on the, the back cut, actually the, the back cut stemmed off of a black diamond. Um, and I, I know Kevin built it, but I remember – how I first realized what a back cut was for me, I had a black diamond and I was trying to separate the reeds one morning and I pulled both tabs off on accident. I didn't mean to. And when I did, I was like, oh my gosh, I just ruined my call. And I went ahead and got the reeds unstalked and started yelping on it. And I'm like, holy smokes, this thing sounds good. And that's how I started building a back cut and because Roy showed from. me that call and yeah. said, hey. Like Kevin, I ruined this call, but it sounds great. See if you can build that. And no build kidding. It. And that's yeah. how it started. That's crazy. That's how it started. You know, mm-hmm. and then Preston came out with the he, – he, when that happened to Troy, mm-hmm. Preston came out the next year with the Thunder. You remember thunder. the orange right. call? It was yeah. a full reed mm-hmm. with clear reeds on it. It had the right. had the back cut on it. He yeah. came out with the Thunder. And, and Troy just liked that call. You know, he said, hey, Kevin, I ripped this. This is what I want. Can you make it? And I made a three-reed version of that and – you know, just kind of play with it a little bit until yeah. I got it like Troy wanted. So a call was born from a mistake. From yeah. a mistake. Well, look what it turned into. <laughs> I mean, geez. you know, look at Kelly Cooper. You know, when he's the one that kind of pioneered the pioneered the inverted the, V. Nobody yeah. had ever yeah. even seen one of those. Paul Butsky did the, you know, the tear out or the cutter style calls, yeah. we like yeah. to say, and things just you know evolved from there, especially right. with that V cut, because yeah. most calls. No matter if you use a ghost cut, a combo cut, or a back cut, you've got to cut an inverted V in that call to start off with. Yeah. Because a ghost I cut, s- you're cutting it out with a with a combo. You're trimming one side, and a back cut, you're you're trimming both wings. I so wish we had audio, video, something from back in the day when Butchke and Tommy Bourne and Dick Kirby and Preston Pittman and Walter Parrott and all these guys were 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 winning these contests. But first and foremost, we're killing turkeys and then turning it into contest calling because of what the NWTF established here yeah. and throwing out these sanctioned calling contests. But to listen to the way these guys used to call, these guys today are incredible. And it's such a tight niche group of guys by the way they're calling that it's almost that the only thing you could really judge them on is if they slip up That's because exactly they're right. that close. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like, like NASCAR. You know, the same thing in NASCAR. Those guys in those cars, every car is exactly the same. Yeah. But it's all based on knowing how the car is running, what the car is doing, setting the setting the, the, the call up or the car up right to fit that guy that's driving it so he can withstand that 500 miles and bring it to the to the checkered line at the end. And the same thing with these guys. But I could think back of Paul Butsky in the days when I was working at Moss Hilton. Cousin and I would have them rider hunts in Texas. And, 
and you'd sit there and listen to Paul Butsky yelp, and you'd look at that call he was yelping on, and you would get one, and I would call on it, and I made it sounded like a peacock. Yeah. It was horrible, and I'm like, how is he doing that? Yeah. And you said it a while ago, it's the, it's the, it's the different shape of your power. Oh, yeah. Paul Butsky, it, so it many was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Between him sitting on the right side of you, and if it was a windy day, Cuz on the left side of you with a tube call, I've seen Cuz blow that tube call so hard he split his bottom lip. <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah, I believe you. <laughs> Yeah. And he'd look at you, and blood would be running down his lip. He's like, <laughs> he's like, he'd look at you, gobble. I said, I didn't hear him. Cuz would be like, dang it. Put some Vaseline yeah. on his lip and go after again. So, you know, the whole mouth call thing to me is, it, it's all about being intrigued. People, it's one of the easiest calls once you understand it and know yeah. how to use it. And it's one of the most effective calls. I think they're all effective, but as a turkey hunter, if you're by yourself, it's, yeah. it's the go-to call because you got your gun in your hand, you can sit still, all you're using is your mouth and you're yeah. using air, and you're doing it just like the turkeys do. You know, the only thing a, tur a hand turkey doesn't have that we we have versus under her is lips. Right. They got a beak, we got lips. Um, sometimes our lips tend to get in the way when we're calling for people that are learning, and that can be a bad habit. But other than that, we're doing the same thing. Their air is coming from their diaphragm. They're pushing it through a vocal cord, and they're not pushing it over reeds. But sometimes I listen to turkeys, hens, hens turkey, when they come into the woods, and you look at them, and you know they, they soft yelping, and, and I think they're doing it through their nose. I don't think they ever open their beaks sometimes. Open when they just, a lot of tree yelps are those little nasal exactly. tree yelps. You know, you just see the little little puffs mm -hmm. of air, you know, mm -hmm. coming through the, the holes in their neck. But, you know, you, you're talking about a hen calling from the diaphragm if you look at a hen when she's yepping her tail's popping and her yeah, belly's her whole body's you know, jumping and so they're blowing it from the diaphragm and that that is the key with to start off with if i'm teaching somebody how to blow one first thing i'm doing is teaching them how to get air from yeah, their diaphragm yeah. yeah that's the very first thing and you know the sad thing is we we say blow a mouth call but it's truly exhaling a mouth call because it's exhaled hair air that's coming from you down you're not blowing it's yeah, you know it's 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 not it's that's right so and you, you blow you, it completely yeah. opposite of a duck call you yeah. know yeah yeah so it's crazy yeah. I, it's 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 it amazes me after 30 something years of turkey hunting and being a part of this industry and watching what it is now to what it was back then and and to sit in there in that place and you just stop for a minute and and listen and to hear the slates and the boxes and but when you go out there, you don't hear a bunch of people calling on mouth calls. Think about it. Yeah. When you're out there in that in, in that convention room, you don't hear people waylaying on mouth calls because most people are using those mouth calls to do that soft, subtle stuff. Yeah. Out there, they cranking on box calls and they cranking on slate calls. But you go to a guy that's got some mouth calls and he's just, yeah. he's just giving you, hey, this thing will do this. Well, this like Lake and that. I were talking about yesterday. There's those days he he, he was talking to me yesterday and. We're talking about it, and there's, there's those still calm mornings mm -hmm. that you you feel like a tree yelp's just echoing through yeah. the woods. You well, know, you and you I just noticed that last off. year. Remember that turkey in New Mexico? Mm -hmm. I don't know how far that turkey was. Uh, and we set up on him. It was that crazy turkey I was trying to kill. Yeah. And I just, whoop, 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 and that sucker started gobbling that. Yeah. And I, that turkey's 300 yards away, yeah. if not further. So, you know, it's, it's not how mm -hmm. loud, it's not how fast. It's, it's, it's about the cadence and the rhythm is and, what Kevin's yeah, talking about. Creating realism. And, what yeah. was it for you, Lake? I know you always asking the questions, but I'm going to ask a question okay. coming from a, a an experienced turkey hunter now because I consider you experienced. I consider you uh, a master in the mouth call because mm. you are. You 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 yelp very very well, 
and and I think that Yelp and, and what, where you're at now is based on because you got the right call that fit oh, you. Oh, absolutely. But what what was it for you when you were trying it and trying to learn it? What what was the toughest part of a mouth call for Lake as a, as an up and coming beginner in the mouth call world and turkey yeah. hunt? It was. I always see, honestly. I had like Kevin said, and he's right. The most people when you if that, like the most common bad habit is you hear them blow and all they have is back in. All you're hearing is rasp. Mm-hmm. I had the opposite of that. There'd be sometimes they're calling. I'd have nothing but high end. I was squeaking just, and I couldn't find. I had the hardest time making it break over into that second end, you know, and having that raspy. And that that's what I had the toughest time with. And it was uh, it was because you helped me. Like I said, it wasn't it. You helped me a ton with my yelping and being able to find that back end and just cutting that air pressure off and then. And, making it and that but that was that was probably the biggest turning point for me that and cutting i always cutting was a big issue for me because uh i, t- I used to try to cut with my lips a bunch you know just mm-hmm. and what and, and that goes back to what we were talking about a little while ago a hand don't have lips right she's got a beak and it doesn't sound i mean you you can make it sound okay yeah i think but it, it's not as realistic as it can be if you're using your lips just like purrs it's right. not real really really realistic to purr with your lips right you yeah. got to flutter your tongue or flutter your uvula. If, so. if I had to judge Lake, when I first met Lake, when he first came, well, he was working at Primo's before I came back. But when I first met Lake, if I had to judge him on a one to a ten, he was about a four and a half when when I met him. And not that I did anything, but but he listened and paid attention to what he was doing. And when he got the right call, he went to a ten overnight in yelping. And 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 his yelping is it's it's really that good. It's soft. It's subtle. It it. It has that teardrop, water drop effect to it when he's yelping. He, he, he sounds really, really good. And, and even when he gets loud, he still sounds good. But he's, he's practiced that and he's found that call. And the cool th- the thing to watch him is just like we're doing what we're doing with Liam on our series that we're doing now. When Lake found it, it all was based on the call, where the call needed to be, and how the flow of air and his jaw and tone pressure all at the same time. Yeah. There's a lot happening to get that sound. It's not just that one little thing that does it. There's a lot going on in there. And once you figure it out and you're comfortable with it, then it becomes natural and exactly. then you start learning how to do it. There's all a the lot of variables things. that have to come oh, together. Oh, for Gosh, sure. It's crazy. I mean, that's the first, like the first year I was working with Primo's, I went and uh, me and Jimmy were hunting uh, our place behind the office. And and I, I went to, and I went to cutting and Jimmy, Jimmy started, he said, he said, not, not in a mean way, but he was like, I don't know, but he's like, that cutting, he said, it sounds, he said, it almost sounds too much like putting, because I was still using my lips. I was pop, 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 and it would, if I, sometimes it would sound, sound it like. Sounded better than his cutting. Oh, well, yeah, but that's not hard to do. <laughs> but it, he wasn't wrong. Well, and the I, cutting it, he does is cutting a little Debbie cake package. <laughs> <laughs> but he wasn't wrong. It, it did, it sounded, it's, it, it could get to where it sounded like an alarm putt, and I, I had to learn to not rely on my lips to well, make that sound. You heard what Cuz said. He said the only difference between a cluck and a putt is if he's coming or going. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That yeah. is true. But, uh, yeah, and I, I mean, really, now I've gotten to the point if someone wants, like, hey, man, try this call, and I see it's a combo cut, I'm like, man, I'll try it, but I, I can almost promise you I'm not going to be able to. Give me a pair of scissors let me trim that other yeah, wing. Absolutely. I can probably work yeah. with it, you know. One of my favorite calls uh, I have in my call pouch now was a uh, was a combo cut, and I'd, I'd – took scissors and cut it out because <laughs> i knew it wasn't going to work right. snip snip but uh yeah it's it that's it's just it's all about the call and figuring out which one works best for you it's I funny think. there was a guy came in here yesterday and he came in here with a brand new mouth call that he bought and he said i want you to show me how to make this call sound like the way you sound and he handed me the call 
and it was a regular old V-cut call, like a black diamond. And I went, plink, plink, and I pulled both tabs off the call. And he spent, I think he spent like $8. I ain't going to mention where the call came from. And he looked at me like he wanted to kill me. He said, what are you doing? I just bought that. I said, that's the only way you're going to sound like I'm going to sound is because that's the call that I blow. And that works for me. And I said, now I'm going to give you the same call that I just ripped for you because I got one that's just like that. I said, but I want you to yelp on that call and let me know how you do. Boy, evidently he went to the room last night and he showed up this morning. He says, there's no comparison between those two calls. He said, that call you tore off is absolutely incredible compared to this call. Yeah. And I said, I said, good. I said, go buy you another one. He said, no, I'll take three or four of the one you just showed me that you blow. And so he bought some of the calls that we had. Yeah. And, and it was all, you know, if you'd have seen his face, I mean, you can imagine a guy just bought an 8 $9 call, and I pulled the two tabs off the hand, and he's like, oh, my God. Yeah. And it worked for him. And, and yeah. you know, that back cut is just it's just the way that thing's built. It's it's, it's kind of that's where everything starts now, and you, you – it's it, – it does seem to me, and y'all can y'all correct me if I'm wrong. It seems like the back cut is the more commonly you find that's what works better for most people. It is. It's what I find that works both best yeah. for most people. Now I do have, but a it friend. sounds so much like a turkey, and it's just yeah. it's just got that you know you can get a good front end, and it's got that higher pitch rasp, and you know we've all talked about it. I mean that's why turkeys respond to box calls a lot because it's got that higher pitch rasp to right. it, you know, and a, a, a you know, friction call too as far as a pot and peg, you know. Yeah. And um it, it has that higher pitch rasp in it. Yeah. It's got that well, for ring. For me the, the the bat cut it it doesn't have such an aggressive cut in it that it's a call that you can really pour the coal onto if you have to on a real windy day or if you got to get really loud and it's a call that you can just get as soft as you want to get it's it's yeah. got the both of the best of both worlds right, in it yeah. and it's a call that's very very uh what's the word i'm looking for it's it's, it's i don't know y'all help me with the word well, the key to what i love it's about you, it is versatility versatility it's versatile yeah. yeah but i love the fact that it's you too can much just cold get, medication you can just get those you know plain mellow hen yelps with just a little rasp and yeah you can cluck and purr on it so yeah. good and that, that that's what yeah My, like I said, that's I, what kills turkeys for me it's i can works. make those uh it's got like it's it's got so much play in it. You ever, those sounds that we were talking about. This comes from listening to just real hen turkeys. The sounds that you don't you know the, you don't ever hear people talk about. You know, on, in calls. I mean, you hear yelps, cuts, cackles, that kind of thing. But just those soft sounds that turkeys make when they're real, just content. You know, when when you're just when you're not going to hear it unless you're close in on them. And it almost sounds like water droplets. You know, they're mm-hmm. just. Mm-hmm. I was doing a seminar one time. We yeah. started off the seminar, and I said, all right, we're going to start this thing off right. And the guy says, and you can tell everybody's listening. I said, I'm going to give you all the most secretive call that will kill every single turkey on every, in every state in the United States if you want to. And everybody's like, oh, yeah, I've got some kind of secret coming. I said, all right, y'all get ready. And here it comes. And I was like this, and I just wound up like I was going to do this big wind-up. Yeah, and I just, I just clucked one time. Everybody was like, that's it. I said, that's it. Yeah. If you can cluck, you can kill a turkey. It's a fact. If you're in the right spot, you, you still got to be a woodsman. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I know we're here talking about calls and turkey calls and all that stuff, but you still got to be a woodsman, and you got you to know what you're doing, know where you're at, yeah. do your scouting, do, look for the you – know, do all the stuff you got to do if you're a deer hunter and also do it as turkey hunting. Just to me, calling's, calling's the part, again, that – we're trying to make that turkey do something that he's not supposed to do, and it makes it a little bit tougher. Right. Well, one of the one of the hunts that I go back to talking about the lack of calling, 
and, and you you know exactly the spot because we sat in this spot and killed turkey. But uh, Matt Brunson called me one one day and one Saturday afternoon he said, Lane, he said, I've got a turkey roosted in the back of the horse patch. You know right where I'm talking about, mm-hmm. Troy. A group of pines where they roost. I pimp turkeys. <laughs> so right pasture there. Pimp, pasture pimps. And um, we got there the next morning and um, got set up. Didn't hear a turkey. I mean, not a turkey, period. And um, it's about 30 minutes after I felt like, you know, turkey ought to been at least doing something. And I tree up just as soft as I could. And one hen turkey tree up behind me, and I barely could hear. Yeah. And she was literally in a, in a tree 15 yards behind yeah. where we were set up. Yeah. She flew down. And she clucked and purred and scratched just a few times and did one more little soft yelp. And I heard all kind of commotion, turkeys flying down. And can you believe that there was 16 hens walked out in that horse patch in a line and the gobbler walked out right behind them. And the only sound he made was drumming. Mm-hmm, and yeah. all I did was cluck and purr just enough to convince them hens to come closer. Yeah. And then, you know, Matt killed the turkey. But my point being, like you were talking about, mm-hmm. a lot of times they don't have to say much. Mm-hmm. That's the one night that the gobbler roosted close to his hens. That's what happened there. Think about it. Yeah. He didn't have to gobble to say, yeah, come here. He didn't he have there. to say a word because yeah. they were looking at each other. And think but, about it. If you hadn't, if you gone in there not knowing he was there, you you know, me being the way I am, you'd be thinking, man, ain't no turkey around here. Yeah, Are you walk, to start calling yeah. and, 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 and get loud? And I walked yeah. 10 yards and blew him out of there like and a cub. Blew him out of there, you know? Yeah. I wish, I wish every turkey hunter could, could see a hunt like that just to see. Because, I mean, you know, I mean, it's easy to think, you know, to get, oh, man, I need to yelp louder, I need to call more. But then to see that many turkeys just make that little sound, you know, it's it's – yeah, I mean, that's how it works sometimes. And we were nervous as y'all get out because we had to sit there and sit still and let 16 hens walk out there, you know, right there close by. That's and, of course, he's of the last one dragging up the back yeah. of the pile. You well, know? Y'all know why y'all killed that turkey. Because I wasn't there. I'd have been calling. <laughs> I'd have been like, Kevin, yep, something. we got to find a turkey. It's getting late. And you'd have been going, just sit down and be quiet. They're here. I don't hear nothing, Kevin. You didn't hear no turkey last night. You heard a buzzard. You remember when you first came to Alabama, you said, Kevin, you got a call. Then you finally figured out, said, man, you, you ain't worried about this video. You just worry about riding in the back of the truck. <laughs> oh, man. I like it. Back in the day, we didn't have the headphones and the microphones that we got nowadays, so you had to find out where the turkey was every 30 seconds so you know which way to point. Mm-hmm. And back in those days, if, if we just saw a turkey's head coming to the woods, we was excited if we got that on video. Now, you know, I mean – that's what you do, and that's why television and videos. Well, we want to entertain people. We want to enjoy it and have fun. And it would, uh, it would probably, it would make a lot of turkey hunters mad if they sat with us on some days and realized how many turkeys we truly do let walk off, just because it, you know, boom, there he is, and you don't have a lot of footage of him. And, right. You know, it's to, to us, it's not worth it to kill a turkey that you got two seconds of footage of just to say you got a dead turkey. Yeah. It's all about sharing it. Yeah. yeah. If I want to do that, I'll leave the camera in the truck, and we'll go low crawl him. <laughs> Oh man! Well, guys, we we actually have to wrap it up because we got that seminar in oh, about seminar 15, fifteen minutes. minutes yeah, so um, got yeah. a bunch of kids waiting out there to see Mr. Lake <laughs> and Mr. Troy and Jordan. Jordan and probably Kevin and Jordan probably already out there. Yep, and he's probably got those kids rounded up. He's bribing them for ice cream. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, guys, what's funny though, Lake, I'm gonna go ahead and put Jordan on the spot. He told me to send you some calls, uh, build you some calls. He said, but don't put no latex in there. So <laughs> he said he wants you call in the spring. 
Yeah. So sending frames that's, and tape. That he sounds said like sending frames and tape. That Get sounds like something Jordan would say. I have no problem believing it's okay. that. Okay, we take that. away we take the reads out of Jordan's duck calls too. So it's, it's one and one for all, all for one. Did you yeah. see that box call Anthony made for Will? Uh-uh. The one that he said, when Will comes to hunt with him this year, I'm going to make him use this one for the Lincoln County, the chapter in oh, It's flat chapter. on both ends. It's flat on both ends. <laughs> so it make can't a sound. Make yeah, it makes no noise. You can <laughs> swing the paddle. It, don't make any noise. it looks good, but it don't it make It looks good, but it doesn't sound good. Here, Will, play with this. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Oh, guys, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Man, I know, thank you, uh, buddy. Yeah, yeah. I know that, like I said, I know so many people that obsess over mouth calls and have questions about it. And this kind of well, the kind of conversation we had today, I think, is going to answer a lot of questions mm-hmm. and get their mind going in the right direction. So, guys, as always, we're going to wrap this up. If you have any more questions, always send them in to the email, the Instagram, the Facebook, and we will cover them on here. But we're going to get back to it. We got to get to the seminar and finish up the rest of our day at the NWTF convention. Amen. Yeah. So, as always, thank you for listening to the Speak the Language podcast.